We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Mavericks on a 14-0 run right now against the Chicago Bulls after the no-look pass from Luka Doncic to JaVale McGee on an alley-oop dunk as the Mavericks are taking on the Chicago Bulls at the AAC loser has better odds for the draft lottery. The Mavericks said, bump that. We're trying to win and give away this pick <laughs> to the New York Knicks, uh, at least so far. As we enjoy the final two minutes of Luka Doncic's 2022-23 NBA season, as reportedly he will be shut down after the end of the first quarter tonight against the Chicago Bulls. That may change, but we will monitor that. As we go along at Kevin Gray Sports at Reg Atatula on Twitter We're with you for the next uh, four hours or three hours, I should say, here on 105.3 The yeah. Fan. If you, if you try and be here for the next four hours, <laughs> let, me know, let, me, let me tell you what's going to happen on 11. I'm going to be here by myself. That's right. Um, also live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam and on YouTube at 105.3 The Fan on YouTube, where I believe the YouTube channel has recently surpassed. Um, let's see here. Yeah, almost to 35,000 subscribers now. So at uh, 34,955. Daily content. Lots of it there. Uh, y'all appreciate Carter for all that hard work that he's doing. By the way, congratulations to Ruben Portillo. Yes. Uh, he is for the having winner. having our, our masters, uh, yeah. our, our fan masters. Golf challenge and where he uh, hit a putt that got him 14 points, and he was the winner. Uh, by the way, shout out to Gavin Spittle who tried it from like outside the door. To try and get like all the points, yeah, and, and try to win. And there's it, and like a there's like a threshold there. Yeah, you know like, how you gonna put over the threshold? And he just, I mean, it went over the little you know bump at the door and yes. almost got you know almost went in. But didn't uh, both Gavin's try it from the outside of the? No, no. Dawson Dawson kept it inside, but he just was off the mat. Yeah, yeah. yeah Spittle well, went outside the, outside the door. To try Sean, and knock in. Sean didn't even get was it. Was it Sean? Yeah, he just didn't. He didn't even get his putt over the threshold. <laughs> it was real sad. It was sad. <laughs> uh, so shout out to Ruben Portillo, you know, doing his thing on the uh, the mini putt putt here inside the uh, DFWSecurity.com studios. Hope he gets some money out of it. Um, probably not. Okay. I think just notoriety and Twitter fame. Hope that works out for him. <laughs> Uh, NBA player tiers, though, as we get ready for the NBA playoffs that looks like won't include your Dallas Mavericks. Can't believe I'm still saying that. Uh, But at the same time, Reg, terrific players that we will see come the NBA playoffs when the regular season comes to an end on Sunday for the NBA. Yeah, the Athletic loves to do this thing where they give us player tiers, and Seth Partnow of the Athletic is spearheads this. I appreciate his work. In fact, he's worked in the NBA, I believe, last time he was kind of working statistically for the Milwaukee Bucks maybe a few seasons back. Um, But this gives us – what I love about this is rather than just like a straight-up player ranking one through 100 or 150 or whatever – this gives us tears because that's more realistic to what we're doing here. It's just like who is who's kind of this group of guys that you kind of clump together, and it gives you an idea of where folks rank. Um, and so I I always find this really interesting. And over the last I think week, 
we've gotten the you know a few tiers uh, a deer a tier a day and now we have all the tiers for the players in the NBA for uh right right now as the season is going to end um and what's also nice is that this has been done over years so you can see the growth and progress of certain players uh anybody that you're really interested in well, I guess I should probably start with Luka Doncic yeah, let's start there. He's in tier one, but the tiers are separated between A and B. So there's the top of the tier and the bottom of the He's tier. Got one so A and one B. Yes. Okay. All right. Where do you think Luka Doncic is? A or B? B. One B. Uh, he was two. He was in the high cat high portion of the of tier two mm-hmm. in 2020 and 2021, and since 2022, he's been um, in the one B tier of the NBA alongside Joel Embiid. Wow, that it's means just, that must have been have Nikola Jokic in one A then. Nikola Jokic is one A. Okay. Steph Curry is one A. Kevin Durant remains one A. That's an interesting thing because I do. Hmm. I guess I guess there's not been an an accounting for injury because I think that's really been KD's big stopping point is when he, the time that he's missed it. He has missed a lot of it over he the has. last like four seasons. Um, and then of course Giannis Antetokounmpo, right? Giannis Antetokounmpo is one is you know one of the four guys that are in one A. But those you have six. Tier one players in the NBA, and the second portion of that is Luka Doncic and Joel Embiid. Has Giannis passed Jokic for second in the MVP voting in your mind? I don't think so. I think he has for me. Uh, I think by the virtue of the fact he's a better defender and is willing to play the defensive end at a much higher level than Jokic, despite Jokic's fantastic overall numbers and advanced numbers. If I had to, if I had an MVP vote, I would go. Embiid one, Giannis two, Jokic three. That's fine. Like I and then I think you understand about me is that I'm not getting yeah. too upset about as uh, these all three of these dudes are MB are sorry MVP caliber seasons yeah. this year. So however you want to kind of organize that, you're not going to make me too mad, mm-hmm. especially when you understand that Joel Embiid pretty much assaulted this thing the way it feels like, and at least over the course of five years, all three of them will have won. Um, an MVP, which make me personally happy. Did you find it interesting that there were any names missing from that tier one category? So run the tier one. The let's start with the one A. So one A is Giannis, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Nikola Jokic. One B is Luka Doncic and Joel Embiid. Oh wow! Okay, so they only have, only have four players in tier one A. Mm-hmm. And that leaves. I'm surprised Jason Tatum wasn't necessarily in one A or B. Two A. Where okay. you have Jason Tatum, Kawhi Leonard, and LeBron James. Okay. And this is why I thought it was interesting, because Kawhi Leonard does seem to be um, affected by the notion of injury. Because otherwise, Ka- Kawhi Leonard is, well, I guess he's not the same lockdown defender that we think of. Like, a lot of people think back to, what, 2014, when he won an, uh, a finals MVP simply off of the idea of locking up LeBron James. Which he didn't even do that. Right. <laughs> um, but he was he was in in fact like a high level defender when we talk about it in yeah. that in that terms he's not that quite that same defender necessarily um, but offensively he can get whatever he wants when he's healthy the caveat being when he's healthy and I think that that's why you end up with him in a two A uh, right now LeBron James obviously kind of has done some of that regression as well just being um, forty at this point forty years old big four zero um, but still being really good at basketball and then Jason Tatum has kind of been in that two-way category where it's like, are we sure that he's fully into that next place? Um, let's see. I think you'll be interested by th- by this. I'm not going to – I'm now I'm going to jump around a little bit. LeBron, 38. He'll be 39 
uh, at the end of the He feel 40 to me. Um, <laughs> Jalen Brunson, where would you place him Ooh, okay. from tier one to four? And understanding that you get we get into C's once we get past uh, tier two. So it's like about where are you thinking? Uh, and by the way, real quick before I get to that, Luka Doncic has just been now pulled from the game from the Dal- for the Dallas Mavericks at about uh, 40 seconds in to the second quarter. So Luka Doncic's season, it appears, uh, has come to an end. He has uh, concluded his night's work for the Dallas Mavericks as the Mavericks are up 31-26. But Luka Doncic just now being pulled from the game for the Mavericks. He finishes tonight's game with... 13 points on 4 of 11 uh, from the field. Um, Jalen Brunson, who I thought should have been an all-star reserve this year, uh, I would have him in that, I guess, uh, 3A category. If there's a, Is there a 3A category? There is a 3A. He is in 3B. Okay. Okay. You want to talk? You want me to give you kind of yeah. who his cohorts are in yeah. 3B? Chris Paul. Okay. Chris Middleton. All right. Jamal Murray. Draymond Green, Pascal Siakam, DeMar DeRozan, Anthony Edwards. These are the types of players on various different tra- trajectories. Obviously, Chris Paul is on a downward trajectory. And Anthony Edwards is on the way up. Right. <laughs> but he is currently in a 3B capacity where he was a 4A after in 2022. And before that, he was not ranked at all. He was not considered in this level player. That is the way that Jalen Brunson's status has gone. You are viewing him as like a, I mean, what are we talking about? Number two on a championship contender type players. If we're talking about Chris Paul, Chris Middleton, Jamal Murray, Draymond Green, that level of player. Yeah, it's interesting, the variety of player. And as you mentioned, the various um, life's uh, span in their careers at this point, because Draymond has been in the league for several years. Anthony Edwards on the way up. But on the Jalen Brunson front, I think we... It's so difficult to kind of wrap our minds around this because we saw the glimpses of what he did, obviously, in the playoffs with the 41-point game and the 30-plus-point game you know, that he had against Utah and how much better he got as the season went on last year. But I still think to some degree, this level of play, I don't think we all saw coming in the way that he's been able to no. increase, especially on his offensive in his offensive game. I don't think... We all saw this but coming. You know what some of that was? And it was what he was he was wanting was the opportunity, right? Yeah, like, to show it, yeah. We could talk about a plant, you know, and, you know, bearing a great fruit. But if they are in a pot that only allows them to do so much, they will only get but so big. And Jalen Brunson feels like that. He has gotten an opportunity to get more space and have a larger role with an organization, mind you. The New York Knicks have not had a, a point guard of note for literal decades and so when in that place with a whole bunch of players that really did need a player to orchestrate he was given the opportunity in the room to show his wares and he has been able to step up to that uh to that calling and it's been really fun to watch for him I mean, obviously it stinks yeah. at the at the expense of the Mavs mm-hmm. and the organizational uh, you know tumult that they are in now but you can really see the way that he's blossomed even further than what he had done in the in that run to the Western Conference Finals last year, um, and give the Knicks a lot of credit for believing in what he could be as a player and still the further growth that he had 
to be able to showcase that with the Knicks and Tom Thibodeau allowing that to flourish in the way that it has because, I mean, he's turned into a phenomenal player for the New York Knicks. So I'm glad that he's seeing the growth, not just from the overall league standpoint in terms of how he is viewed, but getting the recognition and being in there with some of the greats in the game. I mean, you mentioned Chris Paul in there, who's still at, even at this point in his career in his late 30s, um, still playing good basketball although he did have his first career game with no assists the other night i don't know if you saw that i didn't um he had zero assists in like 26 minutes of play it was obviously very odd yeah it's very weird but i mean he he's played a very long time in this league he's getting to a point and then on top of that right and it's something that we don't we don't outwardly talk about but we all understand becoming an older player is tough becoming an older player with the physical disadvantage that he has of being six foot even in the nba is really difficult. And yeah. it, one of the reasons why he was so good was being able to play at six foot. We talk about uh, Jalen Brunson as well. It's, it's a whole different level, right? Being able to play with all of these tall trees, being a six foot player is not an easy thing to do. And it only becomes more difficult when the, you know, the athleticism is waning and, you know, maybe the shot isn't as consistent as it has been with, you know, for Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things for him as well I imagine that the energy is going to be tough because teams are going to start asking him, hey, can you come here real quick? We need you to defend this, right? Like, they're going to go at him defensively. It's one of the questions that the Suns have this offseason, right? Uh, Chris Paul, how often is he going to be on the court? I imagine you would want him on because he's still a really good player. Um, But now what kind of weaknesses does that expose you to with him being on the floor and understanding that teams are going to try and attack him? Can Can you hide him or help him and what is that going to take out of him on the other end of the floor? Chris Paul's mid-range game has been so good throughout his career. He found a shot and an ability to not only be able to get into the paint, but have a consistent knockdown mid-range jumper that's allowed him to have a semblance of an offensive game despite the physical decline, you know, for him over the last, you know, several years as he gets older as a player, but still his basketball IQ, his smarts, his savvy, he <laughs> You still get under your skin as a player. Well, one of the things that we've noticed, though, especially this season, he's not as willing to take shots either. Mm-hmm. So this and is, I wouldn't either if I had Devin Booker and now Kevin Durant. But this is the thing running around. He was taking shots before when yeah. they had Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. Like this is clearly a aging portion of this. Now, if you allow me to move further, mm-hmm. um, a big offseason contention for your Mavs that we're going to have to talk about is Kyrie Irving. Would you like to know where he is slated within the tiers that uh, the Athletic dropped? He is in tier 3A. Okay. So he is above that, just above that Chris Paul, Jalen Brunson tier. However, here are his cohorts in 3A. Trey Young, Bam Adebayo, Drew Holiday, Jalen Brown, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Jaron Jackson Jr., Zion Williamson. Anything catch your attention there? Anything you find interesting about where Kyrie Irving is slated or the types of players, the caliber of players that are are, are placed with him? Well, it tells me a couple of things. Number one, Kyrie, in a lot of ways, is still viewed as a top 15 player if we're going to go by, you know, starting five and got three tiers here. Because of part of what we saw recently, which is taking over a fourth quarter. Like, he has that ability within him which I don't know necessarily that you could say about all the players that we're talking about 
in this place. But I think it's still I think it speaks more to the second point, the rise of a Jaron Jackson Jr., who is a legitimate defensive player of the year candidate this year. SGA, who has been phenomenal for the Oklahoma City Thunder. I could see him being in that top, you know, uh, the, the second tier by the time we get to the end of next year because he is that good. Uh, Trey Young, I find a little curious in this. Well, I, I think that Trey Young is actually really illustrative within this, right? Mm-hmm. You talk about Jaron Jackson Jr., Zion Williamson. You know, Zion Williamson has some injury issues that I right. think plays in. Jalen Brown, Drew Holiday. Those are sort of guys that you would look at as ascending two-way type players. Trey Young and Kyrie Irving are both <laughs> high-level one-way players yes. <laughs> that are liabilities on the other, and I think that's what puts them in this three this three A type situation. Yeah, one of those being you know higher than the other. Mm-hmm. I believe in Kyrie Irving, but I think that's why you end up in this place, right? Guys that I don't think that you can look at as carry a team anywhere, but they can take over a situation in a way that some of these other guys can't. However. There's a, there's another end of the floor that you're definitely going to have to contend with, and those guys aren't going to give you a lot of uh, help in that way. It's very interesting as we get ready for the NBA playoffs, um, given what the makeup of these playoffs are going to look like and how we believe, at least I think the two of us believe, that the three best teams in the NBA are in the Eastern Conference and looking at Joel Embiid and Giannis leading the charge there and then at the West looking at Nikola Jokic. John Morant, interestingly enough, I did not hear. Oh, that's a great point. John Morant is in the second tier. Okay. John Morant is in 2C alongside Jimmy Butler, Paul George, Devin Booker, and Donovan Mitchell. A lot of guys that just kind of get it done. I love Jimmy Butler as a player, man. Jimmy Butler is like the most <laughs> magical player because like you, he's a dude that affects winning out like far above what his stats would seem to yes. imply or like yes. his even skill set would seem to imply. Yes. It's going to be fun watching these NBA playoffs. It's not going to be fun watching um, one of the top five players in the game not participating in it, we think. The the way that they're playing right now. (laughs) The Mavericks can't even do the tanking thing right as they're up by 12 right now with 7.45 left in the the first half on the Chicago Bulls. Luka Doncic tonight is finished. He finishes the game with 13 points on 4 of 11 shooting. Uh, But those are some NBA player tiers as we get ready for the end of the regular season. It's the Get Right with Reggie KG right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, the takeaways from the first week of the Major League Baseball season and how your Rangers fare today in the friendly confines. We'll do that next on 105.3 The Fan. The upcoming segment on the Get Right is brought to you by Frankel and Frankel. There's a reason you need a special license to drive a big truck, so companies that hire drivers and put them in a big truck should be held accountable for what happens when one hurts you. Frankly, you need Frankel and Frankel. The consultation is always free. Visit truckwreck.com. As always, say rest in peace to DMX, man. Always. Gone too soon. Gone too soon. Uh, so get right, we're Reggie KG on 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, mm-hmm. Regal Mendoza holding it down for you here. Takeaways from the first week, that was Major League Baseball. We'll get into that in your home of the Rangers here in just a moment. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. The truckwreck.com text line, 877-881-1053 if you want to get in on the conversation. It is 59-45 Mavericks. Woo! What about two and a half minutes left in the first half as the Mavericks are taking on the Chicago Bulls? 
loser increases their play draft in, odds. Play in. Draft play odds. in. Meanwhile, the winner, at least for the Mavericks in this case, uh, possibly increased their chances of making the play in. Now, real quick, before we get to the MLB conversation, Mavericks need to win tonight and on Sunday and need to have the Grizzlies lose on Sunday to the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, the Grizzlies are in action tonight on the road against the G League Milwaukee Bucks, um, but the Milwaukee Bucks apparently hit 15 threes in the first half <laughs> against the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. So the Grizzlies are still trying to play for the two seed in the West. Yeah, the the Bucks lead 72-71 at half there. Uh, but if Memphis wins, they'll most likely sit their guys on Sunday against the Oklahoma City Thunder, increasing their chances to win and make um, the play-in. Uh, but more on that as the show goes on. Uh, cut number five, though. Unfortunately, the good guys fall on the road today at the friendly confines in Chicago. Here comes the 2-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out, and the ball game is over. The Cubs blank the Rangers in the opening game of this series by a final score of two to nothing. Matt Hicks on the call for your Texas Rangers. I'm sorry. Did I say the Grizzlies have to lose to the Grizzlies? Yes, say, you did. I meant to say the Grizzlies have to lose to the Thunder. I am so sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, uh, six eight two, for correcting me, and not thank you to Reginald Atula for correcting me. What you want me to do? Say, hey, Kevin, you said the Grizzlies have to beat the Grizzlies. I figured people understood what you meant. <laughs> nope. They just wanted to make fun of me on the chart or that context line. And see, if I had said something, that's what you would say about me. And that's not what I was trying to do. No, I would just say thank you. Oh, okay. Because I'm a professional. I appreciate the help. Uh, unfortunately, the Rangers go down today two to nothing. Uh, second time they've been shut out this season in just seven games. Yeah, and I have a question about that that I guess we'll get to later. Um, but let's talk about some of the trends and takeaway uh, that we should have from the first week of the season. This comes courtesy of Mike Petriello of uh, MLB.com. I like what you did there. That's good. What? What did I do? I said a man's name. That's right. You um, said it, it sounded like you said it right. Oh, that's, I hope I did. Because I like to affirm my partner Thanks, on man. this show. That's real nice of you. Oh. Wish you had a partner that did the same. Um, Bob Ip is up. And it's weird. Um. <laughs> But with the shift limitations, right, the idea that a few more batted balls would turn into hits, right? Like, we were like, hey, that should happen, right? Um, Jeez. What? You good? Apparently, I said it wrong again. I'm tired. No, okay? you no, you said that the Grizzlies would have to. No. I said it wrong again. Yeah. I just ran it back in my head. I said it wrong again. Oh. The Thunder have to beat the Grizzlies to make the play-in. I thought you were saying that the Grizzlies would the, have to beat the Thunder in order for the Mavs to get in. I thought that's what you were saying. <laughs> the Thunder have to beat the Grizzlies on Sunday to make the play-in. The Mavericks have to win their final two games, and the Thunder have to lose to the Grizzlies on Sunday for the Mavericks to make the play-in. All right, so back to baseball. <laughs> The fun sport right now in the DFW. That's right. That's and right. around the league, in part because we've gotten rid of the shift. Hey, no disrespect to the Stars, though. Stars handling business. That's a good point. That's a great point, going to the playoffs. Um, and you would think, all right, man, the shift is going to help. And the numbers aren't quite showing that. So, Bob Ip, okay. which is batted, batting average on balls in place. Like, when the ball's in play. <laughs> Wait, what's it called? Bob Ip. B-A-B-I-P. Okay. It's one of the advanced stats. All right. You know, I'm... A little bit of a you know stat head myself. You oh, feel okay. Me? Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, but Bob Ip 
is in fact up, right? Like, um, and the the shift limited BIP is up to 294.294 uh, from 282. Hmm. That was the first week last year, right? And so it didn't stay 282 all, all season long, right? It obviously it finished at 290, but to start like first week, obviously it wouldn't be fair to take a first week average compared to the entirety of last year. Mm-hmm. First week to first week, it is up about uh, hmm. 10 points. The weird here's the weird part though. Okay. It's up more for righties than lefties. Now, KG, why do you think that that's odd? Do you do you, do you see the issue with that? Uh, well, the idea of get, getting rid of the shift would allow for lefties to have better batting averages. Yeah, because the the shift often more often is utilized against lefties. Right. But that's not huh. how it's going. Like the righties are actually seeing more success uh, with the change. The righty BABIP jump went up 14 points, whereas the lefty BABIP uh, jump is only up nine. Which is, or, which is still, you know, I mean, it's something, but we've seen more of an uptick um, on the righties. So that's, and then also, lefty ground ball Bob Ip is barely up at all. So like, wow, the idea of, okay, okay, ball in play means that you could have, you know, fly balls or bloopers into outfield. The actual ground ball Bob Ip, which is the, again, batting average on balls in play for lefties, actually largely the same. Very interesting. Okay, so the shift, banning the shift so far hasn't necessarily uh, proven fruitful for lefties. Although all a, the way across, guess. all the way across, we have seen the batted balls in play produce a higher batting average. Yeah. just not exactly how we anticipated for the intended group that it was supposed to be. For. Right. Um, <laughs> a bunch of hitters have set personal bests in exit velocity, which I don't know what to do with. So they're just hitting the ball really Everybody's hard. Everybody's hitting the ball hard. I don't know what you could maybe say is the reason for that. But, hey, people hitting the ball hard. Maybe, you know what? I, I don't know if this is the thing, but if we would like to build a conspiracy right here on the get right. Oh. They juice the balls again. Oh, that's what we're doing? After, based based at, off of absolutely nothing. After seven games, we're juicing the balls Based already. after absolutely nothing. They wow. Build, I'm just going to go ahead and recklessly wow. speculate. Recklessly. Very recklessly. They juice the balls again. <laughs> Uh, Dodgers lineup is good. Yep. A lot of people were like, ooh, they let some people go. Trey Turner not there no more. Hey, man, this might not. Nope, still good. I still got that guy named Mookie Betts still running around there, right? Still good. Okay, that's what I thought. Baseball's, uh, they have uh, baseball's best hit hard hit rate, baseball's third lowest ground ball rate. They have baseball's second best home run per fly ball rate. Um, <laughs> no team is uh, hitting it harder in the air, and they're essentially tied for baseball's lowest chase rate. Don't ask me what that is. I don't actually remember. Um, but they're still doing things. See, real quick, real quick, tangent, real quick. This is why right here, for a lot of people, the participati- participatory nature of baseball is really not there for them because of the dizzying amount of numbers and data that's involved in Major League Baseball that a lot of fans or casual fans really don't give a damn about. It's, it gives us a lot of data points to be able to understand what you know hitters are right. doing, pitchers are doing. But in a lot of ways, these numbers are like, yo. Yeah, and I mean, that's one of the things is when we talk about the analytics of it, there's a lot of data points. Now, what makes it useful with any number is how you're able to interpret it yes. and apply it. And I I hope that I've given you yes, a decent you have. explanation. It's not okay. you. I'm just saying, like, this is just a dizzying amount of numbers to kind of tell the story of how teams are good or not good. So velocity on four-seam fastballs or sinkers are up. However... The usage on those pitches is down. 
So velocity is up on forcing fastballs and sinkers, but they're using it less. That's right. And of course, to be fair, okay. to be fair though, these are continuing trends that have probably been going on since about 2013, 2014. So that's hmm. just just odd things that we've seen. Because you would think if the harder you're throwing the baseball, the more often you would want to do it, especially if you're getting swing and miss rates that are, you know, going up. There you go. Um, how about some interesting uh, things that have happened, some some interesting stats that have happened in the first week? All right. Um, Cy Young's all over opening day. Sandy Alcantara, Shane Bieber, Corbin Burns, Jacob DeGrom. That's right. Zach Greinke, Corey Kluber, Max Scherzer, Blake Snell, all started opening day, and they all have won the Cy Young. Eight Cy Young winners on opening day is the second most Cy Young winners to start their team's first game of the year behind 2016. A lot of Cy Youngs out here. That's crazy. Zach Greinke got the opening day start. Yes, he did. Because he's back with the Kansas City Royals. Oh, did he end up going home? You can always go back home. Remember that. That's crazy because he's like 100 years old at this point. Don't do that. Respectfully. I mean, great pitcher, but wow, I didn't realize he got the opening day start for that. Uh, Trace Thompson, do you know who his brother is? Oh, that's Clay's, that's Clay's brother. Yeah. That's right. Michael's, yeah. Michael's son. That's right. Uh, on Saturday, he hit a, three, a trio of home runs. So triples run in the family. I was say, yeah, he had the first three, uh, three homer game of the season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, this is where I want to get into your Texas Rangers. This is labeled simply as Bochi Ball. The Rangers oh. in their first two games scored 27 runs. That's right. Right? That's right. Uh, these were also, obviously, the first two games under Bochi. That's tied with the 1978 Brewers for the second most runs by a team in its first two games with the new manager. Right? Um now, with that being the case, the thing that I found interesting is a, a stat that you mentioned earlier. Out of the first seven games, including today, obviously, this uh, 2-0 result in favor of the Cubs, they've also been shut out twice. They have. And I really – do you have any thoughts on why that happened? Because, again, we we saw early on, and, of course, you can't make two-game sample out of a 162-game season – uh, you know, you can't make too much of that. However, it looked like this Rangers lineup has the capability of not only hitting the ball well, but also building innings. And then you find out, obviously, today, Marcus Stroman's on the bump for the Cubs. So that's mm-hmm. a reasonable a that's reasonable reason to look at it and go, yeah, you might not. You, you know, if you get six clean innings from uh, Marcus Stroman, that might mess you up. But you also had a game against the Baltimore Orioles. Baltimore. You like that, huh? I do. Uh, where it's not like you was going up against an ace necessarily where you were unable to put up any runs. How do you feel about this? Yeah, Sandler made a terrific point based on some observations that we've seen to the first seven games for the Rangers that they have been struggling with off-speed stuff, um, their inability to hit breaking balls. Uh, they've been able to obviously hit pretty well in terms of you know velocity and speed, but off-speed stuff they've struggled with so far. And I think that can contribute to some some droughts when you're getting, you know, pitchers and scouting reports looking at what the Rangers have had the inability to do so far. Oh, we're just going to just use some aggressiveness against them and be able to utilize, you know, off-speed stuff to get them. And, yes, I see the text <laughs> from the 3-2-1. Why is KG getting on another dude's age? Talking about Zach Greinke. Uh, how old is KG? He's 36! <laughs> Also, this is interesting from the 214 <laughs> talking about the idea of the four seamers and the sinkers' velocity being up while usage is being down. 
It's a simple like idea that might be the case. Arm isn't throwing as hard as often. Right? Like if you're not throwing the, you know, the your hardest pitches as often, maybe the VLO can go up when you actually dial it up to 10. Interesting. Hmm. That's a thought. That's interesting. Although I do love watching Jacob DeGrom dial it up to 100 every time. Just pepper him <laughs> in there, man. Just pepper him that's in there. That's a lot of fun to watch a show. Hey, dial it up to a buck oh two. You know, that's that's pretty fun to watch. So anyways, those are some things that we uh, that we took away from the first week of the season. Just some interesting notes. I, I'll try and keep up with these as we keep going because yeah. I, I kind of want to follow what's going on with the season. And, of course, uh, obviously we're going to keep up with the Rangers and hopefully we don't have too many shutouts to add as we go along. By the way, Grinky is older than me. He's 39. So relax. Three, two, one. Although I, I really should. Let's shout out uh, Evaldi. He was good today. Nathan Valdi was good today. I mean, you did get shut out. However, he only allowed they're only allowed two runs the other way. It really should have been just one Adolis. Yeah, well, he's he's been obviously he's played center field before, but yeah. he, he was not anticip- you were not anticipating him playing center field, and he had a good route. It was just one of those. It was a tough play to make, and the ball he, he kind of closed his glove just a little bit before that ball Dropped settled it. in into uh, the Palmas. Okay. Because Evaldi, if if that catch happens, Evaldi gets out of there with a single run. That's right. Uh, on his record, and you have an opportunity to maybe come around later in the game and tie this thing up. That's right. Nine four zero. What's crazy is Degrom painting the edges at at one hundred. Yes, that's so fun to watch him painting the edges at one hundred miles an hour. Uh, Rangers get back on the diamond tomorrow when they take on the Chicago Cubs. They continue their three game series before they come back. To Globe Life Field on Monday when they welcome in the Royals and Bobby Wood Jr. Don't worry about it. What happened? Mm-mm. Did I not get the series right? No, no, you're fine. I'm just making mistakes all over the place. Is that what I, I'm doing? Apparently, join the club. One of us is because I. Uh, someone is saying someone said David Grom. I have no idea. What? Okay. Coming up next. I might have said David Grom on accident. <laughs> I've been saying names all crazy all week. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah, no, you it's both can Friday. join the club. It's Friday. Brooks Kepka was cooking today, representing Liv. We'll tell you how next on the Get Right. Back here on the Get Right, we're Reggie KG on 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. Still eating a granola bar. <laughs> Rigo Mendoza holding down for here. And you turn it on, leave it on stage. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app from the uh, 682. I freaking love you guys. We freaking love you back. Britain in Fort Worth. Appreciate that. Thank you so much. Appreciate you holding it down with us here on this Friday night. At Kevin Gray Sports, at Reg, at Atula on Twitter. Uh, coming up at the top of the hour, NFL prospect matches for each team and the latest draft buzz as we are less than three weeks away from the NFL draft in my hometown of Kansas City, Kansas Missouri. Kansas City. By the way, the renderings and what they've got building in a Union Station in Kansas City look pretty damn cool. It's going to be a, a whole party in Kansas City for the NFL draft. Yes, 972. Reg, how old am I? You 36! 
Yes. That was twice in the same uh, yeah. show. That feels yeah. like a lot. <laughs> they just love hearing you say how old I am because. Yeah, we're not going to jukebox this. Y'all not. Y'all, y'all getting a little. <laughs> hold on now. Hey, hey, say Kevin's age one more time. That kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> and then you get your word of the day later. Hey, relax. <laughs> relax. Way to keep me. That's good producing right there. I like that. You're doing a lot. You're doing a lot back See, there. See, you know why he's mad? Because the words then got hearted. Harder. Oh, I can't uh, yep, 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 yep. You, I know will also, you know what to do there? I will also have yeah. the word of the day. It's a Friday. I'm blaming the Friday. Oh, now you want to be on a Friday? That's what you want to do? I started blaming the Friday. What you mean? Oh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the weekend. Nice. That's good. That's a good online online meme. You're trying to, you're trying to set it off back there. I don't know what you're doing, but you, you're trying it. Uh, Mavs trying it when it comes to winning this actual game. They're uh, only up by what? <laughs> They're up by 11. Only up by 11. As the second half is underway. No big deal. They've lost bigger leads before. <laughs> that what? Is what right. are you laughing about? Oh, I don't know. Remember that one October 29, 2022 That's night? specific. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's, when, that's when it happened. When the Mavericks at one time blew a 16-point lead with three minutes and 57 seconds left in the fourth quarter against the Oklahoma City Thunder. You remember that? I do. Why, why are you bringing it up? Because it's looming large right now in the play-in situation. Did I just see Frank Neely Keenan try and go and boom on somebody? Yeah, and, it, and, and you saw how that worked out. Okay. Yeah. You got it, a foul. It, it didn't work out. It is working out, though, for Brooks Kepka because he is cooking at Augusta right now, representing Liv, Phil Mickelson, as Brooks Kepka is your two-day leader. Why did Lefty get astray there? Because Lefty can catch all the strays. <laughs> Can't stand Phil Mickelson. Anyway. Um, but yeah, Brooks Kepka putting on a hell of a show. 12 under par after shooting uh five under today. The second round was suspended due to uh some bad weather. Yeah, which honestly makes his lead, Kepka's lead, look a little bit bigger because John Rahm uh started the day seven under as well, along with Brooke Kepska, Brooke, Brooks Brooks mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Kepka. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he was two under through nine. That's right on the day, so he still had an opportunity to maybe get into his bag and bring that a little bit closer to the lead that Kepka's built. But one thing about Kepka, Kepka was out here playing like a machine, and that's one of the things when he gets into his place, like it just remains the same, and that could give that could really give him an opportunity to show out at Augusta National over this weekend, which is ooh, that would not be fun for uh, the PGA Tour. Um, but hey. I think it'd be fun for a lot of people. Brooks Kepka seemed to be one of those guys that people have enjoyed paying attention to. He, he has he's an interesting fellow, right? He he seems to yes. he seems to have some eccentricities, so to uh, say. But a hell of a golf game. He shoots sixty five in round one, a five under sixty seven in round two. John Rahm, as you mentioned, nine under par, uh, minus two through his first nine. He still has to complete his second round tomorrow on moving day. Shout out though. Wait, before you move on, uh-huh. uh when I tell when I say this name of this writer, what do you think? Wright Thompson. Oh, he's a hell of a writer. I love his work. He wrote up a little something about Brooks Kepska. Brooks Kepka. Mm-hmm. Goodness, why is his, his name isn't that hard? It's why is it why Brooks Kepka? Is the S in there? If it was just Brooke, it'd be fine, but it's Brooks. Brooks. Brooks Kepka. Brooks Kepka. And That's one right. of the things that Kepka said is, you know, I've missed too many majors. I missed enough majors. I just didn't want to miss this, right? And so, like, when you talk about the injuries that he's had and now, I guess, being on the live tour, I think that he relishes this opportunity really well and is showing up on the leaderboard. 
Um, the shout out though goes to Sam Bennett. Yes. For those who don't know who Sam Bennett is, uh, you need to come to know the name because right now, when you look at the leaderboard, he is in third? sole third place yeah. at eight under par, uh, shooting back to back 68s. The amateur from Texas A&M. Check this out. So last week, Sam Bennett competed for the Aggies in the Valspar Collegiate Invitational. He's set to return to College Station to finish off the season later this month. And right now, he is solo third at eight under par at the Masters. And there was a point in which he was second place on the leaderboard, and only two other amateurs had reached that level during a Masters tournament. Uh, back-to-back birdies at a point as well um, for that helped him move to solo second. Um, so, yeah, second year senior – or, sorry, fifth year senior at A&M. Uh, was ranked number one amateur in the world for a while. So, yeah, no, he clearly can play some good golf, and I have a, I have a feeling that uh, he will relatively soon – be getting that tour card but he actually has a tattoo that says don't wait to do something and it is kind of scrawled out almost in like the handwriting you see that that's a tattoo and it is attributed to pops yes it is a tattoo and okay it it is quite literally the handwritten words of his father um who passed away Oh, okay. I believe. Okay. And so. Because I was about to say, that's a horribly designed tattoo, but I get there's there's actual meaning. Or sorry, his father was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's in 2013. Mm. And then he, yes, he did pass away in 2021. Okay. All so right. this is, you know, in memory of his father, who okay. I guess wrote that for him. Don't wait to do something. And this this uh, weekend, he's living up to the, the words of his old man, doing something at Augusta National, maybe the biggest stage in golf. Yeah, he's definitely not waiting. The 23-year-old from Madisonville, Texas. Has been Shout put- out to Madisonville. Mm-hmm, right there on on, uh, on 45. Y'all got your buckies and everything. I see y'all. Uh, born a day before my on my birthday. 13 years later, obviously. Why is that? You 36. I love it. Yeah. Is that what we're doing? That's right. Text it in. The two of you tag teaming now. All right. I don't like the way that I don't like the implication there. It's wrestling. It's a wrestling. That's reference. right. Because never forget <laughs> everything. Everything. Nope. Is professional wrestling. Disagree. Everything is professional wrestling. Uh, others on the leaderboard, real quick, just to give you an idea on how that is looking at this point. Uh, Kyle Morikawa, who can get on a birdie streak real quick. Uh, he is at six under par. After his first two rounds, Victor Hovland, he still has to finish his second round as well. He's plus one through ten, has to finish up his second round on Saturday. Meanwhile, Jordan Spieth. Michael Jordan Spieth. (laughs) Five under par through his first couple of rounds, shooting 69 and 70. You see who's projected to miss the cut? Eldrick. Oh, no, he's actually projected to... Make the cut right now. The projected cut is plus two. So if I'm not talking about Eldrick Tiger Woods, who am I talking about? Unfortunately, not Phil Mickelson, it looks like. Wow. He really hates lefty. Uh, remember oh, before? Rory. Yeah, before oh, the tournament, we wow. were talking about how, Rory, it'd be nice to see you actually compete in a major since oh, you haven't won since 2014. Yikes. And it's not really going so well. Like, this is really concerning, Rory. Yee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, from the 940, let's talk about Rory talking all this mess. 
and then sucking it up out here, man. Yeah, man. Not gonna make the cut. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 bad. It's bad out here. You know, it's also a bad look. Although I, knowing Augusta National, we will not know that this happened tomorrow. Um, did you see that there are trees falling over at Augusta yeah, National? Yeah, like the weather was getting so bad. Yeah, like a uh, a very large tree, and multiple uh, trees, in fact, yeah, fell over, fully yeah. uprooted. Yeah. Like this, we're not talking about snapped in half. The roots were out of the ground, and I was just like, "My God, that is incredible." I, I don't know if that's entirely the wind or if something was happening. But one thing about Augusta National, and if I know something about like the money and all the things that go with Augusta National, they might have another tree that looks like it's been there for 75 years in that spot like nothing ever happened tomorrow. <laughs> they do like to keep it pristine. So, yeah, that's your master's update. <laughs> um, Brooks Kepka though, putting on a show. Brooks Kepka. That helped a little bit. It didn't sound better. Thank you, 682. <laughs> it's the get right. We're Reggie KG right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, these NFL draft prospects and the best matches for their teams, including where B. John Robinson best fits. Don't, do, don't say Philly. It's not the Cowboys. Oh. I'll tell you who next on the get right. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.